All right, you may be seated. So um, I'm going to set you up. We got about a two-minute video, and it's Tony Evans, and you guys know we've been using Tony Evans' stuff here for a long time. He's, um, again, I don't endorse a lot of preachers, but Tony Evans, just an absolute rock, and obviously you ladies have done his uh, daughter's studies, Priscilla Schreier, so Tony Evans has got a little bit, a uh, little ditty here about uh, returning to the Lord, and that's kind of what we're talking about today, so go ahead and roll that video. Anybody in here trying to get delivered from something? The issue today is return, to come back to God with your heart that those things that I value and treasure will no longer be able to make the final decisions. What God is asking of us, me, you, us collectively and the Christian church is to come back home and return to him alone. God has a no compete clause. There's only one God and one mediator between God and man, and that is the man Christ Jesus. And if you want to glorify God, give honor to Christ, get rid of your idols, and let's see him bring some deliverance up in here, up in here. Um, so, you know, um, we've done a lot of Tony's studies and he's, uh, I think he used to be the chaplain of the Dallas Mavericks and, and maybe even one of the professional football teams. So, um, anyways, back to, so normally about this time of the year, we're always talking about getting back to church and back to school and, and your vacations are done and. Um, it brings some normalcy back to life when you get done with your vacations, get the kids back in school, you're back in church, and all those kind of things. So we kind of put a little bit of a twist on this and just talking about returning. And returning uh, means to come back to. And the prefix there, if you look at your bulletin, re, uh, means to uh, come back again and again. Uh, so that's what God's wanting us to do. And I want to start our... Uh, message in Malachi chapter 3, if you would. Now, before you you sigh or roll your eyes with this, I was going to make this my whole feature message, but instead I wanted to just kind of reduce this a little bit, and, and the message is actually going to come from Isaiah chapter 55, but I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, Malachi here. So let me read Malachi 3.7. And then we'll talk about it just as a, a kind of a mini message because it's got a lot of cool stuff here. It's, it's about returning to the Lord. It says, from the days of your fathers, you have turned aside from my statutes and have not kept them. Return to me and I'll return to you, says the Lord of hosts. Uh, but, but you say, how shall we return? So in this text, uh, the nation of Israel... Has, has turned away from the Lord. And if you were to Google how many times God has wanted his, his, his followers to return back to him, it's many times just in the Old Testament. The Old Testament is littered with uh, God telling his people, come back to me, come back to me, just over and over and over again. So that would lead us all to believe that we have strayed in some form or some fashion. Uh, and, and, and followed other things and followed everything that's easy and all these different things. And, and sometimes we used, we'll get to church, Rick, if it's convenient for us and we don't have anything else going on. Amen? I was talking to somebody last night and I was kind of going through this message and uh, afterwards we were talking. He says, well, I wasn't planning on coming. I wasn't planning on coming. And uh, 
but I came and, and, and what you had to say spoke to me because I was dealing with these issues. And I'm not going to elaborate on it, but actually even my son came up to me after the service at, at Moscow last night. He said, Dad, how did you get on to this particular topic? Did you, did you know something? Well, you know dads know everything, first of all. But I believe that God is speaking through me to say something to you. And, and, and if I didn't believe that, Moss, I wouldn't even come to church. It, it, the, the guy that's standing up there in the podium, opening God's holy word, it's his love letter to his people, I believe that God is speaking in, in my life. Close your eyes for just whatever it is I got going on in my life. We all have things. I got kids and the things and the church and the, and, the, and the school and all the crazy stuff. But somewhere in this, when this guy opens this Bible, that word is going to speak to my life and the situation that I'm going through. Amen? And if we didn't believe that, I don't think anybody would come. But we know supernaturally, God through his Holy Spirit is going to do something supernatural in my life. So... God says this uh, to Malachi and speaks through Malachi to speak to this group of people. And right after this, God is silent for 400 years in between the, in the two testaments. Could you imagine living in between the two testaments, uh, Mike, and in, 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 in praying to God and just going, I know he's not listening, but we know living in the new covenant when we pray in the name of Jesus, being believers, God hears our prayer. Man, I'm excited about that. Thank God I didn't live in between the two testaments there. And how did God operate? I have no idea. Don't ask me that question. I don't know if any preacher knows that answer really. But that would be a scary dang time if I can say this to live. And, and, and how about this, just waiting around and waiting around and waiting around, go, God, I want to hear something from you. No prophet speaking until John the baptizer comes and he prepares the way for the Lord. Amen? I am so glad that we live in the time we live in right now. And as crazy it is and wild as it is, I'm just glad that God still speaks to people. Can I get an Amen. amen. And, and not to, to just harp or ride on this, but when Keelan and the team was singing, let it rain, would you open? Let's just rise up and close your eyes. And, and, and Lynn, just, just turn down the lights for just a second. I'm going to tell you exactly what that song's about. Diane, that song's about this. That song's about this. Would you open the floodgates of heaven? Lord, let it rain, let it rain. Wouldn't you like to... Wouldn't you like to have God's multiplication in your life? I mean, I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'm getting out there now. So, and I don't know what that means, but that's how it came across last night when I was preaching. I said, God wants to multiply. He wants to pardon if people will turn back to him. That's God's multiplication. So this morning, let's just raise our hands to God, however it is, and you just say, God, I want you to do your multiplication in my life, whatever that is. And God, with our hands raised today, 
I want to pray for everybody who's here and, and those who are watching from home or maybe a hospital bed or on the side of the road in a, in a truck or a, they pulled over and watching it on their motorcycle. Lord God, I believe that you've given me a word to speak to your people today. And I believe, Lord God, it's not going to return void. It's going to do something amazing in their lives today. And we pray this in thy name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right, you may be seated. Let's turn our lights back up. Um, and I'm going to pray over this here, and then we'll pray for our offering. But I, I just wanted to challenge you this, to return back to God. And I, I don't know where some of you guys have been or where your family has been. And I think sometimes, you know, we think that we're the only ones out there that are going through something. You know, I was so refreshed when I got to go to uh, the Pastor Bevo ride and I got to show up. Amen. I, got, I got to show up at the, at the pavilion. I didn't get to go on the ride and I, and I wish I could have and all that. But when you showed up there, you seen people who wanted to be together Amen. to honor his legacy and just create a community. And, and it, it is so refreshing uh, to be part of a, a community or a church that, that does that stuff. Uh, and again, I, I, I think I, I can say this with all assurity that that's what Beaver would want would, would be for you guys to return Amen. return back to God. Amen. And maybe maybe you're in great graces with God, the way Bevo always was. I mean, it's like no one was holier than Bevo. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> can I say that? <laughs> but he always wanted that. I mean, didn't, I mean, shouldn't a good, I mean, you don't even have to be a pastor to, but don't you want your family and friends and your church to return back to God? Yeah. I think that's the best thing in the whole wide world. And if we just do that, it'd probably be a little uh, better place to live. So let's just, I'm going to pray that again and just, and then we'll pray for the offering. Sorry, but God, uh, God, I just, you know, I'm just befundled today. I don't, I don't even know what to say. You're, you're so overwhelming and I can feel your presence and holiness and your goodness and my prayer is for the offering today and that people will return to you today. And I totally believe in your multiplication. And I totally believe that you'll open up the floodgates and open up the windows and pour out a blessing so much that you tell us in the word that we won't even be able to contain it. I can't, it's too big. But we pray over it and believe it and receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. So let the basket come by, applaud the Lord and elbow your neighbor and tell him to wake up. Wake up. Um, so, Isaiah 55, 7. Isaiah 55, 7. We have one verse for our message today, Mrs. Cope. I hope it's enough. God's word is always enough. Whether it's one verse or one chapter. And I don't have any idea how I landed on this. So, I'm... I'll just kind of tell you, and maybe me and you are kind of alike in this area. I'm sitting at my desk early in the morning, I don't know, between 5.30 and 6 and drinking coffee. And Steve, I'm looking out my window at the bunkhouse. I'm looking out there, and I'm, I'm hoping that God's going to show me what it is 
he wants me to do and, and how to return to him and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, yes, this is going to be awesome. And we're going to move Malachi to the tithing part and we're going to do this. And he's like, all right, open up to Isaiah. And I'm like, yeah, we're going to Isaiah. He goes 55, seven. And I'm like, okay, what else you got? You guys are holier than me, so you understand all these things. But if God, see, I forget when I first got saved sometimes. And we're always asking God to do more in our life, and it's got to be more eloquent. It's got to be more grandiose. Troy, when I first got saved and I couldn't read or read real, real well at all, I used to open up Bibles all over my house, Lisa, and just set them on the counter. And, and I thought, you know, my, I was always overcommitted. You guys manage your time well. <laughs> overcommitted. So I thought if I strategically placed Bibles everywhere, I would surely get a word somewhere. And, and I would walk by Lamonis and I'd read it and I'd go, uh, I'd read, I'll go, I can read one verse for sure. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. And I'd be out the door. And uh, I was doing what God wanted me to do because if you don't think that's enough, then you probably wouldn't have read it and then you wouldn't have had any then you wouldn't have had any word in your life that day one word from the holy bible is enough one verse one chapter of god's word can be life changing so regardless and and even your 3 second prayer or your 2 minute prayer if you're a dad, is enough. And it's not, it's not the same old, same old. It's something new today. I got new issues and, and new things and, and new drama and new problems and new things that arise. And one verse is enough to transform a whole world. So let's believe that today. Would you bow with me? So Lord, as we get into your word, I always need to know that you're enough regardless in what form you come in. That you're almighty, you're powerful, Lord. You have uh, infinite wisdom and you're downloading it in my finite mind. And I want to try to grasp all I can from your word today and make it applicable to my life and the lives of this church. And we pray this all in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Um, so let's, we're going to just, if you would park on that, and if it's on the board, just, just kind of look at it. And I'm going to read this, Isaiah saying this. It says, let the wicked forsake his way. And let the unrighteous man, his thoughts, let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. So this is the word of the Lord. Amen. Some of you guys know what a pardon is because you've been pardoned before in some form or some fashion. Pardon means forgiveness. Say that with me, forgiveness. Hmm. We'll get back to that and probably not soon enough. 
So here we are with Isaiah. He's saying about the same thing. Malachi was saying, Randy the barber, he's just saying, return to the Lord, return to the Lord. And he's saying the wicked, that means the people who are heathens, the people who aren't following the Lord, they need to forsake their ways. I'm kind of ad-libbing here. They need to forsake their ways. It says forsake his way. That means they need to abandon or desert. Say that with me. Abandon or desert. And every time I think of desert, I'm hungry. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to be honest before the church. Ask me what I was thinking about and I'll tell you. In our refrigerator, when you're a pastor, somebody's always making you a treat. And it's, it's holy if you'll do that. We, we have a pan. It weighs, about, it weighs about four pounds. So you can either eat it or curl it. It's a pan. It is called Twinkie Cake. Do you know of such a dessert? I couldn't even get out of the office. It was in the office refrigerator. I couldn't even get out of the office. I'm like, me and Vicky came up here for something. I was like, whose cake is this? And it goes, it's addressed to Pat and Vicky. <laughs> so I just went like Old Testament straight on it right there. But... <laughs> This ain't that type of dessert, but. <laughs> so the wicked are supposed to abandon, abandon their ways. So for all those people out there in the highways and the byways and the, in the, in the, in the media and the, in the movie stars, whoever they are, Isaiah is telling them, if you're wicked, abandon your ways, abandon your lifestyle. And I think that's really important For our future generation. So in order for our youth to be taught at camp, if you're not born again, you can't teach them at this church. That makes sense? And if you're living outside the parameters of the holy word of God, you need to abandon that lifestyle Amen. before you teach about holiness. Right. Amen. And you don't get a lot of amens, Burger, but some there is starting to gel a little bit. This is what Isaiah said is the problem. I'm trying to get you to return to me, but in order for you to return to me, you'll have to abandon your wicked ways. Right. Amen. Oh, you want them both, don't you? So do I. But you can't have God and have the world. You got one or you got the other. One's going to be your Lord uh, or the other will be your Lord. And, and I never looked at it this way until I, I, I got unpacked this for me. He said, he said, let the wicked know that they need to abandon his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. So not just your way, but your thoughts. And, and, and maybe nobody in here knows what you're thinking. But God does. Just look up at the sky so you know. 
Sometimes we struggle with that with our thoughts, don't we? It gets confusing, Carrie, and you just really don't. And I'm, and I'm, and I'm kind of going through this, and I told you this when I was going through the last couple of days with my dad. Can I just confess something to you? I didn't want to see him continually suffer the way he was suffering. And I mean, come on, stay with me for a second, will you? And, and I'm in and I'm out and it's a roller coaster ride. And you're like, you know, you, you go, do I like God? Should I pour on like a super prayer and heal him in the name of Jesus? Or do you pray the dangerous prayer? You said, what is a dangerous prayer? And I prayed that. I prayed that prayer back in 2001 with my daughter. Same scenario. Suffering. Life support. And then my Bible study teacher told me this. He said, I think it's time for you to pray what God's will is. Well, hold on for a second. I don't like... You saying that. I want things my way. I want my thoughts to be my, and I don't want it that way. I don't want to pray that prayer. It's too dangerous. So in 2001, I snuck off into a closet and I prayed that dangerous prayer. I said, God, if it's your will to take my daughter, take her, but take her quick. And then she was gone. And then fast forward to 2023, same thing, same scenario, same family. Really? Pray that prayer? I know what you'll do. 508 on Wednesday takes my dad. We don't like things our way, really. We want to be able to keep them around and do it the way we want to do it. But it's not your thoughts. It's not your ways. It's his ways. His ways are higher than your ways, and his thoughts bigger than your thoughts. We can't reduce an all, almighty God to be thinking and acting the way we do. Let's be honest. I still have trouble counting calories. I'm trying to lighten the mood a little bit. That's rough being a human being and being a Christian, isn't it? But that's what Isaiah is saying. He said, when you're really following the Lord, you'll abandon your ways and you'll abandon your thoughts and start thinking the way he thinks. And if you want to know how he thinks, read his holy word and show up to church. I'm on something now. And it's not about what you like. It's about what is right and what is correct. Let me continue on this. He said, in the unrighteous man, his thoughts, let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. So pardon means you're not going to be guilty. And I, and I was thinking about this, and I told, the, I told the church this. I said, it's like this. All charges are dropped, and this court case is being dismissed. Oh, I see a smile on some of your faces. If that's you, you don't even got to raise your hand. Just blink your eyes a couple of times because you heard those words. Or say this, that case got thrown out. Did you hear what I said? I'm mowing your lawn now. That case got thrown out. It didn't get here. 
Somebody came in and, 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 and presented it properly. You know who that is for you? It's Jesus Christ. He pleaded your case to God Almighty. And he said, I died for him. I bled for him. I took the weight of the world for him. I've accepted him as my Lord and my Savior. That's why I'm pardoned. That's why I'm allowed into the, into the kingdom of glory. Not by my own might or what I've done. Those are filthy rags in the sight of an almighty God. Are you hearing me, church? That gets kind of sticky in here when you start talking about God's ways. It's not like the, the little bunny foo-foo hopping through the forest. Bless me, bop me, pastor, and send me down the road so I feel good. Here's the deal. Sometimes you got to preach about the things of God in a church. And sometimes they're a little weighty, aren't they? But life's a little weighty. That's why he created this holy word to help us through it, by golly. Verse 8. It says, for my thoughts are not your... I'm throwing this in. This is an extra deal. This is extra credit. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways... My ways declares the Lord. I'm going to ask you to rise. We're going to rise a little early because we're doing a few things different here today. And we're going to be talking about God's multiplication and God's pardoned. And that only comes when you will return back to God. And you want God to multiply in your life at some form or some fashion. I wish I had more money. I wish I had my health better. I wish my car would last longer. You ever seen people that show up to this church and they drive the, the biggest hoopty you've ever seen? And what's up with the duct tape? You know a dude's driving if there's duct tape on it. He'll, he'll lube it up with WD if it's supposed to move, and he'll tape it up if it's not supposed to. And you go, how in the world, how long can that car actually last? If God's hand's on it, it could last forever. And, and that's why some people's stuff don't break down is because God has his hand on that person, that car, and that family. Who am I talking to today? Amen. You know some of that stuff that you're driving out there isn't roadworthy. But God's in, God's in it, and he's... Let me get to this thought here. He says, for my thoughts, I want you to close your eyes and listen to this for just a second, if you would, please. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. So we got a holy God uh, who has infinite wisdom, and he's trying to download it in, in, into a finite mind. I don't know about you, but open your eyes. Uh, let me just speak to the guys. I can't process that much stuff. When my wife gives me instructions after about the first or second instruction, I'm out on that. I'm tapping out. I'm being honest with you. I'm like, what did she tell me to do? She's like, you're supposed to go pick up, uh, you know, what? I don't have no idea. So I'm still thinking about letting the dog out. <laughs> if you're a guy, that can be overwhelming sometimes. <laughs> pat, pat your husband on the head real quick. <laughs> you play Miss Carol. And I don't, I don't, I don't pretend, listen, I don't pretend to be somebody that I'm not. I don't, I don't pretend to be a know-it-all. I never have. That's, that's just not how I'm wired. I, I, don't, I don't care about know-it-all. This is as long as I know one thing. Jesus Christ 
is my Lord and my Savior. Pastor Pat Rankin has pushed all the chips into the center of the table. And I'm betting that Jesus is going to raise me from the dead the same way he raised my family. Now I got to talk to you today. That's a bet I know I'm going to win. And I don't have to understand his whole plan. You ain't going to understand his whole plan, senior. You ain't going to understand his whole plan. Are you kidding me right now? What I want to do, I guess what I'm trying to say today, church, is, is keep my faith in God and influence some lives while I'm here. I want to influence as many lives as I can. And, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you, it, it can start and should start at your house. I was thinking about that. And then if your family is saved at your house, start on your nieces or nephews or, or grandchildren. I was talking to somebody that called me from this church. And I was driving down the road. We just left the farm. was headed to church. I had my youngest grandson in the seat with me, next to me. I got to influence his life. All day on Friday. All day on Saturday. My, go my goal is to change his life with the word of God. Are you hearing what I'm saying today, church? I don't, I don't, I don't want to teach him grandpa's way. I want him to teach him God's way. And then when you get done with that, then share it with somebody else. That's what they're going to be doing up there at the, at the camp with the kids. So when they go up there, aren't you glad that they're not going to teach them their philosophy or what they learned at public school? We don't, I don't want them to learn that. Not here at church. I want them to learn about God. I want them to learn about Jesus and how much he loves these little children. All of them. So I don't know how you came in here today. I don't know what's going on in your life. But when I got to be at the Bevel picnic, I got to talk to so many people and everyone was so full of joy. Just think about that or think about this group. If we could continue to, to keep this group growing and going and moving, there would be so many lives impacted for the gospel of Christ. All right. So I'm going to pray for you today. And I'm not sure who's here or who's been saved or who hasn't been saved. But I want you to kind of get out of self for a second when I pray this prayer. I don't want, I don't want you to think about what you can do. I want you to think about what God can do in your life. And you have to shoot for the stars because that's, you have to get way out there, Lucky. I mean, just like, can God actually do this? God can do anything. The only limitations he has is the ones that you put on him. 
I want to talk to somebody just right now that's been healed by the hand of God. Sister, I've seen that. I've seen that. He's healed my friend of cancer. He's healed my friend's marriage. He's healed this man of cancer. I know most of your stories. He's delivered addicts. I wish the church would hear me. A strapped to an addiction. Harness shackled. Some of you guys have been delivered from religion. You thought God only operated in a religious box. You thought God only existed at your church and your denomination. You downsized God. But when you got full of the Holy Ghost, he started exploding and he started multiplying and he started growing and he started going and you started getting happy and telling everybody about Jesus and you've seen him come alive in your life. My God's too big for religion. Oh, good God. When I, hear, when I hear the stories of the things that God has done in this church, you know he's done miracles. We've seen miracles this week. We've seen miracles happen in this church this week. Some people ain't even supposed to be alive right now. Am I talking to you, church, today? If that's you, would you just come down here? If you, if you can just honestly say, I ain't even supposed to be here right now. The devil tried to rub me out a long time ago. He tried to have his way with me. He tried to lock me down and enslave me and shackle me to an addiction or, a, or, or some form of religion. I've been delivered from it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm waiting on you, sister. I see you. I see you. I see you. Come on. He's calling you too. Isn't it free to be here to tell people about it? You know, you got a story stuffed inside of you. It's a great story, ain't it, Tina? great story, ain't it, Lynn? I'm going to pray for you before we do the Lord's Supper. What a testimony. Being in a church where God's alive and well and working in the lives of so many. It's not coincidence that he's doing all this he's going to do much more. He's going to open the floodgates of heaven. He's going to open up the windows and pour it out. And you have to start believing it. And some of the people, close your eyes for just a Some of you people just go, I don't see you working in my family's life. If you did, my people wouldn't be enslaved and in bondage to these addictions. God set them free. 
Let us pray. God, you're awesome. Say that with me, church. You're awesome. Chef, he's so awesome. He can take a person like me and you and do some amazing things. Just amazing. Kind of makes you smile even, doesn't it? Lord, I want you to prep our hearts for the Lord's table today. You know what's going on in our minds and our hearts. We want to ask for forgiveness. We want you to set us free from condemnation, for shame. Lord God, let's receive the Lord's supper today with clean hands and a pure heart. Take the guilt away today, Lord. Let us celebrate about what you're doing in our lives today. In a special way. We pray this all in Jesus' name, amen.